become a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. It's a me, the TRS-80. Now you're playing with power. You're listening to Entertainment Landfill. Film, television, pop culture. It's where you find it. Welcome to the show. It's time for Entertainment Landfill News. I am your very serious host, the J-Strom. Welcome to the show. Uh, This is where we talk about uh, politics and religion and diseases and health of uh, the uh, current uh, mental capacity of our great nation. And where we also talk about math. So, let's start with today's arithmetic, shall we? (laughs) Yeah, people are excited, Stephen. I'm just kidding, everybody. We're here to talk about film, television, and pop culture. I I was totally uh, uh, joshing you guys. So let me ask you this, Stephen, the pop culture zealot to my left. Hello, Stephen. Hello. What's happening? Hi. Hi. Was the first Josh ever in history a guy who just wouldn't stop joking around? Yes. Just teasing people, making, making shit up. So now he's, oh, quit joshing me. That's what Josh did. All Josh's friends. Boom. <laughs> Exactly. That's what I thought. Steven, how are you doing this week? Fantastic. Welcome to the Entertainment Landfill Studios. It's always a pleasure to be here. Very high tech. Uh, What's it feel like to be in this high tech studio? It feels, you know, like when you walk into Star Trek and the doors open. (laughs) Yes, it's very high tech. (laughs) But uh, hey, Steven, I'm glad you're here. Uh, no big movies come out this weekend, you know, big one comes out next Friday mm-hmm. Thor, Thor, uh, Ragnarok comes out and we have already purchased our tickets. Yes. Uh, I now purchase tickets, 
up to two weeks early, apparently. And up to two months early. <laughs> up to two months earlier with Star Wars. <laughs> uh, Justice League, I guess, buy them tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> but, but but if you notice, when we did Star Wars, there was already a bunch sold. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars probably was... Not it, quite a third was it sold. It was necessary. Probably, I think... More than any movie we've seen recently, usually we could get away with the day before, but the movie It was the one where it's like, oh my god, like everybody... That's the one that started you pre-purchasing, deciding, thinking about having to pre-purchase a week or so in advance. For instance, we wanted to see that on a Friday... We wanted to see it on, okay, Saturday. We ended up seeing it on a Sunday because Mm -hmm. just all the showtimes were sold out. And I haven't seen anything like that for even a Marvel movie. So it. Well, well they put in all the recliner seats now, which means there's like half as many seats as there were before. Yeah, yeah. Not as, not as many people in the theater, which is a good thing. Uh, we always now. We don't get, have to get there two hours beforehand to be in the A or B line. What's funny is we started we used to always get the back row but then we were doing the next row down but we were having the worst luck with strangers sitting next to us they were just annoying us and i was like let's go back up to the top row let's try that and then uh most recently you know when we saw blade runner you know they had the two people empty theater and they're like hey let's sit next to those two guys and it's just like skip a seat or anything yeah don't skip a seat so that's why i you know, I got to bring my family. So I'm sitting in the middle. Everybody else sits next to strangers, right? Ah, <laughs> oh, good times. I told you, I'm thinking about just buying two seats. So I have the empty one next to me. Let me ask you this. When you sit next to a stranger, does your drink go the other side? Because you don't want your drink next I'm to a stranger. I'm right-handed, so I'd like it in my right hand. So if a guy sits next to you, or you're like, oh, got to move it to the left. No. You sure? Yeah, because we did. Oh, because I might have it there because somebody's sitting next to me. Uh huh. Because I've seen that movie with Owen Wilson, The Minus Man, where he likes to poison people's drinks so the guy could kill me. You know, I can't have that. I've been buying the bottles with the screw tops. Me, so have I. I also. They have to sneakily unscrew it, put in the poison, put the prop back on it (laughs) without me noticing. I have a stiletto blade ready to go right through his hand. Unless unless he's got some sort of super puncturing needle that self-seals when it goes through the armrest. (laughs) I think we'd just be screwed if... But I'm not sitting next to Owen Wilson in a movie theater, though. If you see him, you're not sitting there. Yeah, That's a weird movie. Why did that pop into my head? Bizarre. But anyway, Stephen... Uh, exciting this weekend today, October 27th, yesterday was my birthday. I had a fantastic birthday. Everything was great. I turned, <laughs> um, oh, did you get that Steven? 800. <laughs> you know, it was funny. I, I told Heather, I go, yeah, I'm turning 25 tomorrow. It's crazy. And she just laughed, but she made me a banner and it says 25. <laughs> That's right. 25 years old. No, I'm much older than that. Not quite double that, but almost. Now, I, up to me. I turned 4'6". <laughs> um, so anyway, got some good stuff. Got a lot of shirts. You know, what's funny is I always wear black shirts, black t-shirts. I have many black t-shirts. And Heather bought me 
one with a Batman symbol on it. And I go, what the hell is this? She goes, try, you know, it'd be nice to wear something with something on it. And I was like, okay. And she also got me a Thor shirt with the mighty Thor. So I was like, hey, I could wear this to go see Thor next Friday. I could be that guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when the Justice League comes out, I could wear my Batman shirt. Right. Wouldn't that be cool? Um, But, okay, today... Stranger Things season two hit Netflix, which is great. I can't wait to watch it. Binge, binge it right away. I want to see it. Um, of course, mon- last Monday, early in the week, like read my Stranger Things two review, season two review. See what I think of it. It's like no, don't care. I'm gonna watch it. I like season one. I will make up my mind myself. I don't need to see your review. That's the way I feel. Uh, Mario. Super Mario Odyssey came out on the Switch today. Really excited about it. Uh, Emma has a Switch, so we're going to play that. Boom, earlier in the week, read my Super Mario review. No. No. (laughs) I'm going to play it. I don't want to know anything. Uh, And it's funny. It's a Mario game or there's spoilers or whatever. It's not that. Fresh eyes. I want fresh eyes going into it. For instance, now, when I see a Thor Ragnarok commercial, I'm not watching it. I want fresh eyes. People, everybody's got their Thor reviews. Read what I thought of Thor. I thought of Thor. It's like I have a lisp or something. Through what I thought of Thor. And I'm like, no, I'm going to see it. I've already bought my ticket. I don't need to read a review to sell me on it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And you don't need a review to spoil something in it for you. I think... In this day and age, me, I'm speaking on behalf of myself, not anybody else. Other people, there's some people who are like, well, let's look in the local paper. She with the movie critic thought of the movie. Oh, he didn't like it. Too bad. I really want to see that. Can't see it now. It's just like, yes, you can. Why? You don't share you don't... that guy's opinion. Right. You have your own. Go see it. Bill recently said something like, uh, hey, I finally saw Thor. I mean, finally saw Blade Runner and I really liked it and someone commented on his Facebook post I don't know I saw that Rotten Tomatoes score wasn't too good and I was just like it's just like comments like that annoy the shit out of me really you you just want to type type back to him don't you have a mind of your own yeah, I, I go, one, one's brain. own opinion is the most important thing. Your own personal opinion. Make up your own mind. Don't go by what uh, the Lyles Movie Files guy has to say about it. Because we've already determined all of those... Nep- but Pete uh, Travers, the- I can trust. <laughs> yes. All those Rotten <laughs> Tomato scores are messed up. They, yeah, we've there's already errors in all that there's so many errors. But we all generally know... I'm not... I, I maybe used to do this when I was younger. Like, we'd go to Blockbuster, rent any movie we didn't. Yes. Blind rent. Go to blind movies or whatever. I don't do that anymore. I know if I want to see a movie from the first image I see of it, you know, like a first trailer. I immediately determine, I'll see that in the theater. Or I'll say, I'll see that on cable eventually. So, really, the 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 job of the movie critic is mostly, I know certain voices that I want to hear talk about things. For instance, um, 
I have certain technology podcasts I listen to. There's certain people I want to hear talk about this new phone came out. There's certain video game podcasts. There's certain people I want to hear talk about the new video games that came out. Same with movies or TV shows. I don't care what generic critic has to say. I have certain voices I want to listen to. Um, and I have no idea where I'm going with any of this. <laughs> but what I'm saying is... But how, how, how Rotten Tomatoes, you can't pick a movie based on somebody else's opinion. Right. And so many people do. That's the thing that I think gets I on mean, my nerves. That people... Someone would say, oh, I was going to see that. Oh, look at that Rotten Tomato. It's only got an 87% fresh. It's like, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, what? So, for instance, uh, I want to see Thor. Don't want to read any reviews. I want to see Stranger Things Season 2. Don't want to read any reviews. Uh, same with Mario. I want to play a Mario. By the way, okay. My, uh, I pre-ordered Mario for, for Emma uh, on her Switch. I told her, it's like, I'm going to play this too. I've never owned a Mario game in my life. I played Super Mario Brothers on the NES. My friend Ray had it. I've never owned a Nintendo system where I played a Mario game. I've had like friends who had like Mario games, but I never got into them because I didn't own it to play it all the time, right. correct? Okay, so this would be the first time. I know there's been other fantastic Mario games like Mario 64 or, Mag- or whatever. Uh, so this game came out, and I was like, I'll go pick it up early when Best Buy opens, and I'll bring it home to play it. About, uh, t- it was almost 10 a.m. We lost power. I heard a pop outside, and there's a... I was like, oh, no, everything's gone. Everything's off. No computer, nothing. And I was like, oh, there's nothing to do. I guess I'll run to the bank. Then I'll go to to Best Buy. Hopefully the power will be back by then. And I came home and it's like the power wasn't back on. And I go, wait, the Nintendo Switch is portable, Steven. So I got out of Emma's room. I stuck in the game and I started playing Mario. It's not fully charged. It dies within five minutes because Emma forgot to charge. It Luckily, act- it's docked all the time, so gotcha. it's fully charged. I know. I was just I, like going, waiting for that hook. <laughs> yeah. So I started playing it, and I started really getting into it. It's really just a charming game. It's The best way to describe it is just full of joy. And, you know, it just it gave me a warm feeling inside. It's kind of a chilly day, and it's windy. There's house is completely dark with no power and i'm sitting there playing mario (laughs) mario odyssey and i'm having a good time and all of a sudden the power goes everything comes back on and i'm like oh cool and i just keep playing (laughs) and you know jason then you go through the house and turn all the lights back off like jason you gotta get up gotta reset the clocks and everything i will in a second wait hold on and i'm like and i'm like you know (laughs) doing all that stuff and then finally I look up and it's one o'clock and I'm like, oh my God, what the hell happened to the day? And I have to put it away and do some stuff. But uh, Super Mario Odyssey is awesome. And uh, I can't wait to play some more. It's just adorable. I don't know what how else to describe. The graphics are beautiful in that game. It's just gorgeous. And it's just a lot of fun. And uh, appearance from Baby the Dog. <laughs> So, Stranger Things 2, are you going to watch it? Yes. Cool. I'm going to binge it. Uh, the 
Uh, the show Mindhunter, Heather and I finished that last weekend. Have you watched any Not of it? Not yet, no. It's great, great season, first season of that show. No doubt it'll be picked up again. David Fincher's doing it. Netflix is, of course, going to bring it back. Uh, Olivia Dunham is in it, Anna Torv. She's fantastic. Uh, it's just a great show. I highly recommend that. And uh, that's all I got. Where were you this week? I was in the the, the, Chica- the Chicago, the Denver. You were in the... The Denver. The Denver. Cool. I was kind of going to say the cold Denver. I, Has I it gotten cold it, there yet? It it's it. I'll say it, it snowed. Kind of. Kind of. That little sleety snow where I was. What is up it? Up in the, the low, uh, you know, the low, just off of the mountains, they started getting snow. Yesterday it was 80 degrees, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Today it's 50 degrees. Mm-hmm. And it was funny. I went to the store earlier and this complete stranger wa- was walking by me as I was walking the other way. And he goes, man, can you believe it was 80 degrees yesterday? And I was like, no, I sure can't. And as I was walking away, I was like, wait, yes, I can. This is Texas. But it's just one of those things you just kind of talk to a stranger, you know. Well, I, you know, it was cold this morning. It was in the teens when I left. Denver. I'm ready for it to be cold. And you know what? Well, it Heather? was in the teens when I got up. It was in the <coughs> I saw that 20s. California is having record heat. Yes. And I was Heather and I were talking about like it was hot this summer, but it wasn't like a record heat wave summer at all. Like it didn't get into the 104s or anything like that. No, it, we didn't have record amounts of days in the triple digits. Yeah, it stayed in the high 90s, you know, but we and that's hot. Hundreds, but, not yeah, many. Yeah, but we had a pretty tame summer, I thought. Mm-hmm. We lucked out. So we're probably going to have a horrible winter. What do you think? Snowed in, that's that kind what, of thing? I, yeah, I hear so. I hear, that's what they say, the the old farmer's almanac. <laughs> farmer's almanac. Okay, Stephen, I have some very interesting news I saw mm-hmm. right before the show began. This is pretty cool. Uh, DC is making all sorts of comic book movies, and I've heard about this for a while. They want to make a Shazam movie. Which is based on Gomer Pyle. I believe. Shazam! Golly! (laughs) I love Gomer Pyle. Great show. Uh, Jim Neighbors, he's the best. Uh, But DC's Shazam movie has cast its star. And this is pretty cool for me. Because, and I'll get you right here. You're a geek. DC's Shazam to star... Zachary Levi. That's right. TV's Chuck. How cool is that, Stephen? You haven't seen him in a while. No. Um, not in a movie. Yeah. You know, he's, he's on TV doing different yeah. things. That's what I mean. You haven't seen him act, act, you know. I just think that's really cool. So let's read the story. Zachary Levi is going to be Earth's Mightiest Mortal. The actor will star in the DC comic book adaptation Shazam, which follows a boy named Billy Batson who can transform into an adult superhero by uttering the magic word Shazam. Shazam! Golly! The name is an acronym of the ancient world gods and historical figures Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury, from which the big bats from which the big Batson derives his heroic attributes when in adult form. <laughs> Sounds like a mouthful. Yes, it is. Uh, David F. Sandberg, 
is directing Shazam for New Line. The studio is high on Sandberg and sees him as a homegrown talent. That's weird. New Line. I figured like Warner Brothers would be doing this. Which sees him as a homegrown talent after putting out his first feature, Lights Out, in 2016 and releasing the director's Annabelle creation. Oh, scary doll movie. The latest installment of the Conjuring universe. The $15 million horror sequel has earned $303 million. I don't care. Sandberg is directing Shazam from a screenplay by Henry Gaiden and Darren Lemke. Annabelle creation producer Peter Safran is reuniting with Sandberg for the film. I don't care. Uh, they're also producing Aquaman. This is a big movie for New Line and Levi, who is known for comedic roles and starred in NBC's hit spy comedy series Chuck from 2007 and 2012. The Chuck. He also has superhero credentials and can be seen next week in Marvel's Studios' Thor Ragnarok as Fandral. I didn't know he was going to be in this Thor. That's cool. He also recently appeared in NBC's Heroes Reborn. <laughs> No fault. Yeah, that's of, right. Yeah, I remember him. He's he wasn't got there. rent to pay. He's paying off his house note or whatever. It's car note. And he also starred in telenovela with Ava Longoria. Other actors in the mix for the role in the past few months were John Cena. Wow, they went a different direction. John Cena or Zachary Levi. <laughs> <laughs> and some other guys. It doesn't matter. Shazam will be the next DC Cinematic Universe movie to film ahead of Flashpoint, Joss Whedon's Batgirl and Suicide Squad sequel, which recently attached accountant director Gavin O'Connor. No release date for Shazam is set, but New Line is eyeing February 2018. That's cool. I'm very excited for Zach. That's cool, man. I'm happy for him. See, here's what my, you know, a lot of people have wanted there to be a Chuck revival, like a Chuck right. movie or something. And I've always thought the only way that's going to happen is if Zachary Levi has more clout. If he makes a movie that's successful, he becomes a big star where he's like, I want to make this. I now have a fan following that's bigger than just Chuck. It's people who are a fan of Shazam and they love that movie. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's really good. Maybe he'll have more clout to get a Chuck revival going. You know what I'm saying? Right. That would be awesome. Okay, some here's some other exciting news, Stephen, which I can't believe is even real. Can't believe it's just yogurt. I, hey, 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 hey. What's the matter? You can tell me. I, I, I might be able to help. Oh, thanks, Morgan. Okay, here it is. Lethal Weapon 5 reportedly back in the mix with Gibson, Glover, and Donner. How old are these dudes? They may not be too old for this shit after all. Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, and Dick Donner are looking at the possibility of making Lethal Weapon 5. Uh, What do you think of that, Steven? I'm just hoping uh, Pesci's in it. Oh, they gotta bring (laughs) Pesci out of retirement, right? Isn't he in retirement? Has he, has he retired officially? Deadline reports the trio are interested in a sequel and Donner would direct the film for Warner Brothers with the script handled by Lethal Weapon 4 writer Channing Gibson because that one was so good. The report claims there are many moving parts and so nothing is official just yet, but all parties are interested. 
The Lethal Weapon franchise focuses on the... Are you serious? You're going to tell me what Lethal Weapon is? Go to hell. The Buddy Cop Action Company... Company? Company? Franchise launched in 1987, while the last film, Lethal Weapon 4, hit theaters in 98. There's also a TV series right now. Yeah, I know. As long as Butters is the captain. Butters? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bring Chris Rock back. Come on. Okay, here we go. Okay, okay, Steven. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, wait, I already did that, so... Okay, this is one of the. This story is a case of somebody asking somebody something and then, hey, let's run with this. Okay? Ghostbusters as a Netflix series? According to Dan Aykroyd, it could work. (laughs) (laughs) Ghostbusters is in what we call a down period right now. Too much fanfare and divisiveness last summer. We got another film in theaters. How you felt about the film, either way. It was not the success people were hoping for. People will never stop referencing the property. That's right. They won't. They won't, Stephen. I, I hope the power of pain compels you! I think that they're talking about the original Ghostbusters. Oh, oh, shit, my story! My story! I accidentally clicked on something else. Okay, anyway. Um... Uh, People will never stop referencing the property, and this week he gets another shot in the arm thanks to the second season of Stranger Things. The kids will be seen trick-or-treating as the Ghostbusters. Oh, and that reminds me of that other horrible story that I posted. (laughs) I gotta get to that. I forgot about it. At an event promoting the Ghostbusters-Stranger Things partnership with Reebok. Okay, what? Original film star Dan Aykroyd was asked about doing a Netflix Ghostbusters show, and he said, yes, absolutely, sure, sure. I can see several possibilities there, you know? Take a cue from these uh, guys in Stranger Things and maybe have the Ghostbusters in high school or something. And, of course, the article guy goes, ugh, no thanks. Dan will never let this franchise just rest. What I would like to see more than this... A new animated series. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had ha- has had many successful animated reboots over the years. Ninja Turtles! The mutant kind! So anyway, you know why Ghostbusters doesn't work? Stuff like this. Someone needs to sit someone over at Ghost Core down and talk some sense to them. How could would an old animated... Oh, I, I can't read this. Anyway. So anyway, somebody asked... Dan Aykroyd, hey, what if they did a Ghostbusters Netflix series? He goes, yeah, that would be cool. And then every news outlet picks it up. It's just somebody asked him something in passing. How dumb is that? I mean, seriously. So dumb. Okay, here was this article I saw <laughs> earlier in the week. You've seen the trailer to Stranger Things Season 2, right? No. Oh, you haven't? Well, the kids right here, yeah, yeah. no big spoiler, they go as the Ghostbusters on Halloween. This news article was, Stranger Things had to ask permission to use Ghostbusters Halloween costumes. And I was like, uh, yeah? Yeah. It's copyrighted material, of course, that you can't just put something... You know, you can't just have a kid dressed as Batman without asking permission in a show. Or you change up the name Ghost Mashers or something. Yeah, it's the way it works. So this is a non-story. It's just stupid. 
But uh, one of the first things we ever saw of Stranger Things' highly anticipated second season was the characters dressed as the Ghostbusters. It's become a defining image of the new season. And the show had to get blessings from Ghostbusters royalty to use them. That's right. We got to talk to Ivan Reitman on the phone because he and Dan Aykroyd had to approve it. Reitman said it was flattering. He read the scripts. He had seen the first or at least had heard of the first season and pretended like he had, but they really were into being part of the show. Then they sent us all these Ghostbusters toys at the end of the shoot. That's one of my top five most worn out VHS tapes. By the way, this is according to Matt Duffer, one of the Duffer brothers. So there you go, Steven. Incredibly interesting. (laughs) Oh, what a colorful tidbit. All right, Steven, IMAX concedes Marvel and Humans experiment let down moviegoers. <laughs> no. Okay, Steven, are you recording in Humans every week no. and watching it? Neither. I, I, Neither I completely forgot all about it. I haven't either. The saga of the screen adaptation Marvel's in Humans has finally gotten a public assessment with IMAX CEO Rich Gelfond blaming its disappointing reception, at least in theaters, on a misalignment of customer expectations. Wow, that's gobbledygook, isn't it? Corporate speak translation, movie ticket buyers realized they had paid top dollar for a TV show. Initially planned as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe at Disney, the film project then became a TV project at ABC in the vein of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. IMAX signed on to co-produce and struck a deal to premiere the first two episodes in its large format theaters for a two-week engagement before it would air on ABC this fall. Box office receipts of $3.5 million disappointed all involved and the show drew negative reviews from critics. IMAX signed a deal to co-produce the series and exclusively premiere the first two episodes for their first two weeks in theaters worldwide. Why are you repeating yourself? I don't know. They are. (laughs) The box office reception of $3.5 million. They they just said it all over again. I don't know why. With the negative buzz already in the air, the producers asked during the TCA Summer Press Tour about about the unusual move to play in theaters... Critics should not, ju- and they said critics should not judge it based on the version that existed at the time, which they called not finished. Another experiment like in humans is not likely for IMAX, based on Gelford's postmortem. Going forward, we intend to take a more conservative approach, consistent with the Game of Thrones approach to capital investments and content. We will be more conservative when considering whether to invest our own capital, and if so, to what extent. Okay. Despite the blemish, IMAX reported strong third quarter results yesterday that exceed Walls. Why? I. I'm sorry. I apologize for reading the story. So anyway, what they're saying it was a big mistake. Right. Right. <laughs> People were pissed off that they paid to see something and they could have waited when, two or three, four weeks to see on TV. When you and I were in the theater, there were people there in the theater, and I thought to myself, I wonder if they know they're not going to see a real Marvel movie if they're. Right going to see an ABC TV show. <laughs> okay, Steven, showtime to air the King Killer Chronicle series. Oh, wow. The King Killer Chronicle TV series has landed a network after its announcement late last year. Showtime announced it is developing the upcoming TV ab- adaptation of Patrick Rothfuss's best-selling fantasy trilogy of novels. The network did not announce a release date, though. 
The show is set generations before the event of the trilogy's first novel. The name of the wind, as previously announced, Hamilton creator Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, wow, Steven. That's so cool. All right, Hamilton. Will produce the show and also compose the music. John Rogers, who did the show Leverage, will serve as the showrunner for the first season, along with Miranda Rogers and Rogers. Uh, what? <laughs> Showtime has always championed bold storytelling, said Lin-Manuel Miranda. He doesn't talk like that at all, Jason. Pat Rothruth. Wait. It says Rothfuss up here, and it says Rothruss right here, Stephen. Wow. They don't know who they're talking about. <laughs> His King Killer series is some of the most exciting storytelling I have ever read, and I could not be more thrilled to help bring the sights and sounds of this wondrous world of Temerant to the screen. I, I'm supposed to know what that means. The King, the King Killer Chronicle will follow a pair of wandering performers on their adventures through the startling world of Temerant. The book focuses on narrator Voth. Recounting the tales of his early days before becoming the most famous swordsman, musician, and magician in the world. Cool. Have you read that series, Stephen? No. Neither have I. Never heard of it. I never heard of it. Stephen, I need to fill the show with news, okay? <laughs> no, okay. Kristen Bell says a Veronica Mars series is going to happen. Woohoo! This is so cool. Isn't it? Yeah, me too. So let's cut the crap. Here's what she says. Kristen Bell just cracked the case of whether or not Veronica Mars will return wide open. On Wednesday, her Mars co-star, Ryan Hansen, was asked about a possible revival of the cult series during a Facebook Live interview. And he went straight to the source by calling Bell for some scoop. Creator Rob Thomas and I are sort of in a constant contact about what we could do when we could do it again, Bell said, while noting the part of the issue is her day job on The Good Place. There's a lot of willingness and commitment to doing it again. Premiering in 2004, the UPN CW series starred Kristen Bell at the titular as the... <laughs> At look, it says right here at the titular protagonist. Do any of these websites friggin' copy no. or like review it? No. Uh, a high school student who moonlights as a private investigator. There, boom, sell the show. In 2014, seven years after the show wrapped its season run, Veronica Mars movie was released after it was successful Kickstarter. Personally, and I think that Rob probably agrees, we'll never make the fans pay for it again. The format works better in an episodic. In an episodic, where you get a little more of it. So we want to do a miniseries. We're willing to put the effort in. I mean, if I have to do it as Murder, She Wrote at 80, we're going to do it. It's going to happen. Warner Brothers Television, which produced Veronica Mars, didn't immediately respond to requests for... But Baby did. Comment. <laughs> yeah, Baby did. She was like, I'm signing! So that's cool. Heather and I loved Veronica Mars. We watched it while it aired. We uh, contributed to the uh, Kickstarter. And I can't wait. I want some more. I think you're an asshole. Hey, V Mars, why are you saying that? Can you believe she'd say that, Steven? Did you get an autograph from her or something for the Kickstarter? 
Mm, no. Boom goes the dynamite. Okay, Stephen, uh, that's all my news stories this week. No. Uh, I'm sure there's some other ones out there somewhere, but uh, that's all we got. So what do you say we... Uh, hmm. There's something else we could do, right? No, that's it. I can't think, think of No? Can you think of anything else we could do on the show? <sighs> you sure there's nothing? Wait, I know! You say neither. I say neither. Well, we you <laughs> say neither. And I say neither. Either, either, and either, neither. And let's call the whole thing off. Yes, you like potato. And I like potato. You like tomato. I like Tomato, potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. Smell like stale tomato juice. All right, Stephen. Uh, remember earlier I said no real, no big movies open this week. Mm-hmm. Actually, Jigsaw, one of the Saw movies, opened this week. So I was wrong. This is a huge movie, right? Huge movie weekend. Yep. 42% rotten currently, 13 fresh, 18 rotten. Let's read what the movie is about. 13 years ago on Halloween weekend, Saw and the character of Jigsaw introduced the world to a new face of horror. For seven straight years, if it's Halloween, it must be Saw was a holiday tradition. Who knew that? Did you know that? I didn't know that. <laughs> this October 27th, Lionsgate Twisted Pictures probably presents Jigsaw as an exclamation point. After a series of murders bearing all the markings of the Jigsaw killer, law enforcement finds themselves chasing the ghost of a man dead for over a decade and embroiled in a new game that's only just begun. Is John Kramer back from the dead? Who's that? To remind the world to be grateful for the gift of life? Or is it this or is this a trap set by a killer with designs of his own? <laughs> Starring Matt Passmore and Laura Vindervert. Oh, that's the girl who played Supergirl in Smallville. Mm-hmm. Laura Vindervert and Verton. Do you remember that? I do. She was great. Do you remember this uh, great line? Life in other planets. That's hot. Yes, great actress. Okay, here we go, Stephen. Emily Yoshida of New York Magazine says, Watching Jigsaw go about his torture business is about as interesting as watching a child burn ants. A dumb and ugly waste of energy, resource, and time. No rating. But Jordan Cruciola, he is more fresh in his take. He says that Saw cleans up pretty well in these modern times. This is the first movie that actually looks sort of expensive, and it trades the sickening green color palette of the first seven efforts for actual... Wait, seven efforts? Holy shit! Simon Abrams of RogerEbert.com says, It's fun to watch. I just don't think it's the kind of fun filmmakers plan. (laughs) 2.5 out of 4. I'm deeming it fresh. 
2.5 out of 4, yeah. Okay, Stephen. Michael Gingold of Time Out says, Despite its meticulously detailed gore, Jigsaw is rarely scary. 2 out of 5. I deem this rotten. Okay. Hey, Stephen. Frank Sheck of Hollywood Reporter. Hey, Sheck. (laughs) (laughs) Considering the long amount of time since the last installment, you'd think that more effort would have been put into creatively reviving this franchise. I give it a green splat. Uh, There's no rating here. I got to read the ones with... Okay, here we go. William Bibiani of IGN Movie says... For the very first time, it feels like the makers of a Saw movie aren't even interested in their own game. 4.5 out of 10. Rotten. That's on the rotten side. Dominic Mayer of Consequence of Sound says, There's nothing left to Jigsaw but to wait on the next gory death and then reset for the next. It's a cinematic funhouse of viscera to be immediately disregarded. Or discarded after viewing. I give it a D minus. Cool. Bill Gibron of Film Racket says Jigsaw is the law of diminishing returns, elevated to lamentable levels. I give it a one point five out of five. Nice. Okay, that's here's funny. here's one that's gonna fire you up, Stephen, okay? Okay. Steve Newton of Georgia Strait says Saw garnered the worst reviews of any Saw flick, scoring 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, of course, they had to make another one. I give it a 3 out of 5. Rotten. How did he do this? Every <laughs> time. 3 out of 5 is rotten? Does that make any sense? I want to sit down and just send all the people who emailed this stuff in and say... Here's the funny thing, though. Right below it. Catherine McLaughlin... Hardcore fans should be delighted, even if this reboot won't entice haters of the game. Three po- three out of five, fresh. And three out of five, rotten. Right above it. Three out of five, rotten. Three out of five, fresh. I'm so confused, dude. I don't understand. I want to just burn down Rotten Tomatoes' site. <laughs> Burn it down. <laughs> How do you do that? I don't know, man. What uh, every week we see something like that. But There's you know, be a way to fix that. Stacy Lane Wilson of of Dread Central says it's more by the numbers action than grab you horror. Jigsaw screenwriters don't have the guts to push it beyond the boundaries. Okay, let's pick another movie. I don't even care if it's good reviews or bad reviews. I'm not going to see Jigsaw. Okay? Yes, you are. <laughs> no, okay. Okay, I'm going to go see it. Okay, Steven. Rotten Tomatoes has Suburbicon. It's a new film. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, wait, what is this? Suburbicon. Uh, let me read who directed it. George Clooney. Let me read mm-hmm. you who wrote it. Ethan Cohen, Joel Cohen. Grant Heslov and George Clooney. Interesting. Tell Ethan me more. Okay. Suburbicon is a peaceful, idyllic suburban community with affordable homes and manic- manicured lawns. The perfect place to raise a family. And in the summer of 1959, the Lodge family is doing just that. 
but the tranquil surface masks a disturbing reality. As a husband and father, Gardner Lodge, Matt played by Matt Damon, that name, Gardner Lodge, uh, must navigate the town's dark underbelly of betrayal, deceit, and violence. This is a tale of very flawed people making very bad choices. This is Suburbicon. Okay, that told me nothing. It's starring Matt Damon, Oscar Isaac, Julianne Moore, and other people. Okay? Currently, this is 27% rotten. Whoa! 133 reviews counted, 36 fresh, 97 rotten. Wow. Why? I mean, it's a it's a Coen Brothers written movie directed by George Clooney. Why isn't this good? Let's see what Pete Travers of Rolling Stone has yes. to say of it. Yes. Love some Pete Travers. Clooney is too talented a filmmaker not to get in his licks. But this alternately comic and deadly earnest satire of the dark underbellies of 1950s suburbia, the Coen brothers had a hand in the script, is a movie that feels tonally at war with itself. 2.5 out of 4. Rotten. No. (laughs) That should be what? Fresh. James Barrera Dinelli of Real View says... Suburbicon goes immediately to the front of the line of contenders for the most disappointing film of 2017. 1.5 out of 4. Run. Peter Rayner of the... It's almost average at 1.7 out of 4. 2 is is bordering on fresh. Yeah, 2.5 out of 4 run should be fresh for Peter Travers. Peter Rayner of the Christian Science Monitor says... Suburbicon never gels. Good intentions are not enough. C+. Again, not a failing. That's not a rotten C. Stephen Witte of Newark Star Ledger says, Really, all in all, Clooney's made a good movie, but he could have made a great one if he'd been willing to settle for one movie. Three out of four, fresh. Okay. Matthew Lacona of the San Diego Reader says, The narrative automobile lurches from fifth gear to first, then swerves into a white picket fence and bursts into flames. One out of five. Okay. Leonard Malton. Hey, we love Leonard Malton, don't we? He always has the... I tolerate Leonard Malton. (laughs) He always... (laughs) Great ideas and good spirits. Okay. Leonard Malton says... There's no use beating about the bush. I really didn't like this movie. It tries to embrace both social satire and black comedy, but its tone is strangely somber, and its approach is heavy-handed. I'm Leonard Malton. Thanks for watching. What do you think about me, Leonard? It was just dynamite. Oh, thank you. Okay, so, um... Whoa, what was that? Pop. J.R. Kennard of Pop Matters. Oh, speaking of pop, Stephen, Pop Matters. Mm -hmm. Baffling and frustrating in equal measure, it's difficult to judge who Suburbicon was even made for, and it's impossible to imagine who will actually like it. I give it a 3 out of 10, and I count that as rotten. He would be right, wouldn't he, Stephen? Three out of ten would be rotten. But hold the fort. Michael Heaton of the Cleveland Plain Dealer says, 
This is quite clearly an odd duck of a movie whose gifts will undoubtedly elude some moviegoers. It's not for everyone, but I enjoyed every minute. I give it an A. Wow. Well, you know, there's a movie for everybody, Stephen. A, and it's rotten. This obviously... How is it A and rotten? (laughs) (laughs) This sounds like a bizarre premise. I don't even really understand the premise, but... You know, that friend of Bill's who said that about Blade Runner's Rotten Tomatoes, it's 88% fresh. How is How would that rating go? I don't know about this. I don't know. There's, there's, there's a few people didn't like it, so it must be bad. Yeah, I, I only go see movies that are 100% fresh. <laughs> I don't even know who this person is, but uh, I'll have to ask Bill. I'll tell Bill to not be friends with him anymore. But anyway, um, unfriended. <laughs> unfriended. <laughs> You're right, Stephen. Not a friend anymore. Trick to the trade, my friend. Yes, exactly. Um, let's see. Next week, Thor Ragnarok comes out. I won't read any reviews. I'm on media blackout, but I will say this: ninety-five percent fresh. So that's really good, but Bill's friend will not go see it, though. It's not 100. Lady Bird is 100% fresh. We'll go see that. Whatever the hell that is. Let me ask you this. God's Own Country, starring Josh O'Connor and Ian Hart, directed by and written by Francis Lee, is 99% fresh. His buddy would almost go see it. <laughs> he was almost. <laughs> mm, nah. One more percent, dude. Can't see it. You know what's funny? There's a movie called Amityville The Awakening. Mm-hmm. We saw the trailer for that like a year ago. I think it was shelved for a long time. But it's finally been released. It's starring Bella Thorne, Kurtwood Smith, who we all know as Clarence Bodiger. Uh-huh. The Clarence Bodiger. I've been wondering what he's uh, been up to. Ooh, guns, guns, guns! And it's also starring Jennifer Jason Leigh. Currently, it is 20% rotten. 10 reviews counted, 2 fresh, 8 rotten. Wow, not a lot of people saw this. But Katie Rife of AV Club says the script is lazy. Just as lazy as the acting, leaning on a fitfully applied scream-esque meta subplot to justify why the hell we're all here in the first place. C minus. Mark Dudesick of Mark Reviews Movies. That's a clever uh, website name. It's a series of routines within a routine formula, and the result is as tedious as it sounds. One out of four. Tim Brayton of Alternate Ending says, The most horrendously dull film with the word Amityville in the title yet. 1.5 out of 5. That's that's not a good review. Let's read a good review. Okay. Eldolfo C. Martinez of La Nación in Argentina says, The film does not escape the classic recipes of the genre, but the thriller convinces by its climate of sustained suspense and sows terror among the grateful spectators. Obviously, there's something lost in the translation. Because that makes no sense, does it? Does that make any sense what I just read? The thriller convinces by its climate of sustained suspense and sows terror among the grateful spectators. I guess 
But Stephen, I want to tell you what Brian Orndorff has to say. It probably loses something in the translation. You should read it in Spanish. Maybe we'd understand it. Yes, let's do that. The film does not escape the classic recipes of the genre, but the thriller convinces by its climate of sustained suspense and sows terror among the grateful spectators. Um, that didn't work. <laughs> Just reading the weird, uh, st- the blurb. Yeah. Okay, Brian Orndorff a Blu-ray.com says, Calfoon, whoever that is, I'm assuming is the director. Yes, Frank Calfoon tries to be a little bit clever with the effort, frosting the endeavor with self-awareness. But what he really needs are effective frights and less predictability in this. The latest chapter in a weirdly enduring franchise, Demon Plus. Uh, I'm going to assume it's a horrible movie, Stephen. But still, D-plus is not a failing. I didn't look at this. You know, I love Mindhunter, and I want you to watch it. 96% fresh, Steven. Can you watch it now? I need three more percent. <laughs> or four. If it's four not 100%, I'm not watching. <sighs> it's a good show. All right, guys, that is what. Let's read Rotten Tomatoes and all that kind of stuff, and we'll see you on the flip side. Thank you. Good night. Here all week, try the veal. And Okay, everybody, thank you so much for listening to ETL News this week. Uh, I can't wait till Thor The Dark World. I can't wait to record our the thoughts. Dark World? Oh, my God. I've already seen that. I can't wait to see Thor Ragnarok, <laughs> Steven. I've already seen Thor The Dark World. I think right. I have it on Blu-ray. Uh, kind of wondering where you're going with that one. Oh, by the way, for my birthday, my wife and child got me Spider-Man Homecoming on the Blu-ray. On, on the Blu-rays. Can't wait to watch that. It's going to be cool. Um, I've seen it. You know, we talked about it on the show, uh-huh. but, you know, watch it from my own home where nobody, no strangers can sit next to me. Nobody can sprinkle poison in your drink. Let me ask you this, Stephen. Are you, <laughs> or have you, they? do you purchase Blu-rays anymore? Occasionally. Not like I used to buy DVDs, but it has to be something I really want. Have you bought Kong Skull Island? No. Uh, because when we saw that in the theater, you were very distracted, remember? Yes. Uh, it's Kong! Kong Comet! Big Gorilla Man! Dinosaur! Dinosaur! <laughs> dinosaur! Steven, you're my friend now! It's like, how does this kid know my name? I don't understand. I'm doing an impression of a child. I'm doing an impression of a child. Why? Oh, because people who listen to that show where we talked about it know, but I guess I'm assuming people know. Why does it sound like I'm doing an offensive <laughs> impression? <laughs> it's a little kid. It's small, small child, too young to be up that late to watch that. What do we? It movie. was like the ten thirty p.m. showing yes. or something. For instance, we're going to see Thor Ragnarok next Friday at eleven p.m. in three D XD because Cinemark no longer does prime time. 
3D showings. They do late at night or early in the day because... 1 or 11. Apparently, they figured out that nobody wants to pay extra for 3D. And I believe Even 3D- though the theater was filled up every time we went when it, before it was a luxury seat. I, yeah, I think that they're trying to phase out 3D. What do you think? Probably so. And it's funny, you know, I own a 3D television, this plasma. I don't... I I think 3D at home doesn't work. I think it's really cool novelty when you first get it, but I haven't put those 3D glasses on for over a year. I can't even remember the last time I did. Mostly I would do it to show somebody, hey, check this out. But like, it's just not practical to watch 3D at home, is it? It's not. Like, I want these damn things off my face. I'm at home. I can do it in a movie theater, but I can't do it at home. They, if they're going to have a 3D television, it needs to be 3D yours, without glasses. I say, are yours passive or? Uh, what do you mean? Do you have to charge them up? Batteries? Yeah, yeah, they're they have batteries in them. They're okay. probably all dead. <laughs> but uh, I just didn't know. If... I think 3D is successful in movie theaters, uh, especially something it, like it, XD. Would it have anything to do with it being having to charge the glasses? No, no. You don't have to charge these glasses. They come with uh, batteries that are like watch batteries, you know? My glasses? Yes. They're, they, uh, you just hit power and you watch it. Understood, but I'm just Oh, saying. you mean, does it, is it like heavier or does it hurt your eyes or something? Is that what you're asking? No. Well, I guess... No, no, no. What I'm saying is, is that a... Is that a non-selling point having to have powered battery, you know, powered glasses? If they uh, were I don't like regular so. movie theater glasses, or like my, I've got the, uh, maybe, I've got the Oakleys. Maybe if they're more that, comfortable, right? Possibly. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, they're not that comfortable. I think it's neat, especially the computer animated films like Pixar film or something like that. I think probably the coolest one is the. What's the one with the animals? Who? Oh, Madagascar. Madagascar three. In uh, the ending sequence, like they're doing a circus or whatever, uh-huh. it looks amazing in 3D. That's like what I'd show everybody if they wanted to see 3D from home. But it's just not practical to watch a live action film that way, I don't think. And uh, Bill was uh, looking at a new TV and he goes, man, this is perfect for me, but it doesn't have 3D. And I go, Bill, I got to break it to you, man. It's not worth it. Don't worry about the 3D. And he's like, what? I've been collecting 3D blu-rays all this time for when he would get one and be like it doesn't just no don't need it but i understand what he means so but uh, i'm really excited about thor the dark world i'm really excited about thor ragnarok (laughs) thor the dark world came out years ago why am i i'm still excited over the dark world (laughs) i am that was so good i love it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wee! Um, but yeah, and I'm excited to watch the Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Really excited about that. Nobody's gonna I love spoil Stranger Things: The Dark World. Yeah, Stranger Things: <laughs> The Dark World. Wait, what? No, I'm really confused. Oh wait, Stranger Things: Ragnarok. <laughs> My brain hurts. <laughs> 
Guys, thank you so much for listening. If you would, visit etlandfill.com. There you will find all of your pop culture needs. Wow, that sounded really lame. All? There you will find your entertainment landfill needs. You can check out our archive. You click on that. You will find every episode of our show from episode one from 2005 to present day. Look at that archive. It's fantastic. You'll find all sorts of great things there. Five million shows. Yes. So many, I've lost count, but it's definitely nearing the 500 podcasts somewhere like that. Uh, But guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you would like to support the show, if you'd like to support the arts... Go to patreon.com slash landfill. There, you can become a patron of the show for as little as a dollar a month. And you get all sorts of cool free shows. And not to mention, you help support this show and keep it going. Otherwise, uh, we will fade into nothingness. And we don't want that, right? Podfade. (laughs) Podfade. (laughs) How did we not podfade a long time ago? I am actually toying with the idea of doing another best of show because the last best of I did was from 2011 it is now 2017 there's been a lot of shows since then a lot to go through so it's going to take a while and I thought of listening going back I've been kind of bummed out and sad thinking back to what the show used to be how much fun I had playing drops and as covering dumb shows and stuff uh and I was feeling nostalgic and I was listening to show like right after I released that best of it would pick up from that next episode and on right and so I was listening to like episode 240 and I was driving and listening to it and I started like laughing my ass off I thought it was so funny what we were talking about and I was like oh god I miss those days when we were talking about such stupid crap Uh, but I think I want to do that. It's going to take me a while, but my agenda will be anything that makes me laugh out loud is going to go in that episode, you know? So hopefully there'll be some good stuff. We've had a lot of years of uh, lots of silly shows, so there'll be a lot to to sift through. But I hope you guys uh, are interested in something like that. But as always, everyone out there listening, if you can hear us, we're here. Do you hear us? We're broadcasting. Stephen, I think I got somebody. Hello? Oh, uh, they can't, we can't hear him. I was just in my brain. There's no way Skyping in. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> Any of the atoms? <laughs> Any atom will do. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. What are you guys waiting for? Go watch some Stranger Things, play some Mario Odyssey. Get ready to see some Thor The Dark World. Because, you know, it's out on video. You can watch it right now, yes. probably on Netflix or something. I and we- it's awesome. <laughs> uh, and we'll see you next time. Oh man, Thor, the Dark World was the bomb diggity. Now this is podcasting.